In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we praise and thank you for the beauty of this day and for the gift of this Mass and this Sunday. I ask you, Lord, to bless us, to bless our church and our home, and to bless our families through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, St. George, and all the angels and saints. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. God is good? All the time. All the time? I missed you guys. You know, it's good to be back here to be with you guys, so... Just want to thank Abuna Fawaz, Abuna John, Abuna Kevin uh, for allowing me to be here today. Abuna Kevin slept in. He didn't set his alarm clock, so uh, I, I came to save the day for you guys, okay? We so often can forget how good God is and how present he is to our lives, and I really just pray in this Mass, the grace I want to ask for all of us to receive is to recognize how present God is to us and how real he is to us in our lives. Because it can be so easy to forget that, to forget that God is real, to forget that he's working in our lives, that he's there, that he's with us. And I say that, I want that to be our grace because this is something that I've been praying with this week, especially with this gospel. And so what we see is there's this vineyard owner and he sets up this entire vineyard. And he plants in it, and and he does many great things in it, and builds many things in this vineyard, and even protects this vineyard. And then he goes out into the the world, and he hires people to come in to work in it, to come and, and work in this vineyard to make sure that it produces fruit. And so he goes and finds these people to work, these tenants, and then when he finds them, he entrusts the entire vineyard to them, and he leaves. He leaves and he lets them work and he lets them do what they need to do. Now, when it's time to produce fruit, when it's time to gain that fruit, what happens is he sends other servants to go and collect the fruit of the harvest, but then the tenants kill one, they stone another, they beat another, they mock them, even to the point where they kill the own son of the owner of that vineyard. And so I've been thinking about why. Why did they do this? Why did they kill these people? And I think the reason could be that maybe they felt abandoned by that owner. Because the owner set everything up, right? And he entrusted this entire thing to them. And then in the gospel, it says that he went into another country. He went far away into another country. And he left them alone. And so they felt a little abandoned by their owner. So when it came time to receive this harvest, they forgot who this owner was. Maybe they were even angry with him, and they thought, who is this guy to come and tell us that he wants some fruit? Who is this owner to come and tell us that he wants some profit when he did nothing? That's what they thought, although he did everything for them. He gave, it to, he gave everything to them. He gave this very vineyard to them to work in. But they forgot. I think very often we can feel that in our own lives. We can feel like that God has went away, that God has went far away from me, that he's not listening to me, he's not present to me, he's not answering my prayers, nothing is going right in my life, and so God is not there. Or I don't trust God, I'm angry with God because of this, this, and this. We can very easily feel that in our own lives, in our relationship with the Lord. Now, the truth is that Jesus is with us always, and we cannot forget that. 
Jesus is with us, especially when everything is going wrong. Especially when everything seems to be crumbling in front of us. Jesus is there, especially in those moments. The devil wants us to fall into so many, so much darkness and despair and to believe that God is not there. But we won't let the devil win. Amen? Amen. And we need to allow God in into those moments of suffering, into those moments of darkness, so that we don't end up like these tenants. God is with us. He's present to us, and he's real. Now, what's so interesting about the first reading is we hear about this Tower of Babel. So these people, they are the descendants of Shem. They build this huge tower. Now, some scholars will say that they were trying to reach God. But I read a commentary this week, and it said that The reason they built this tower, if you look in the book of Genesis, right before this, the flood happened. God brought the flood on the world and everybody died except Noah and his family and all of the animals that they let into the ark. And so the people of this town now were building this tower just in case if God was going to bring the flood back. So they had somewhere to go. They built this tower just in case God would bring the flood again so that they would survive. Now, they weren't trusting in God. Because if you look in Genesis, right after the flood, God promises Noah. He promises Noah and he says, I will never destroy the earth again. I will never destroy the earth by flood. I will never do it. This is my covenant with you. The people were not trusting in God. How many of us struggle with that trust in God? We see so many things going wrong. There's so many things that can bring that darkness, whether it's death, darkness, a miscarriage, struggles in your your relationship with your marriage, maybe even your spouse cheating on you. So many different things, and and even some little things that the devil can creep in, right? There's so many people who take exams over and over and over again, feeling that they have no luck with anything, or people that are applying to school and school and school, and you're not getting into these schools. And then what do we do? We point our finger at God. Why aren't you allowing this? Why are you doing this to me? Why, why, why? Jesus is real and he's present and he's present especially in those moments. No one in this church is going to be exempt from suffering or from the cross. Every single one of us who is sitting here has some cross or crosses that God is allowing us to carry because ultimately that cross is going to take me to the kingdom of heaven. There's an amazing scene in The the Chosen. If you've never seen this Chosen, you really need to watch it. Some of you very tratty people might not like it, okay? Because it's like, oh, it's not in the Bible. Calm down, okay? Not everything's in the Bible. (laughs) And so in this beautiful series, especially in season three, season three is amazing. In season three, there's a scene between the apostle James and Jesus. So Jesus sends out all of the apostles to go heal the sick and the lame. And he sends them out all together, two by two. They go to different villages, different towns to heal people. But James is sick. James has not been healed by Jesus. He has some type of paralysis that causes him to limp. And he goes to Jesus and he says, why haven't you healed me? 
Why haven't you healed me? And you expect me to go out into the world and to heal other people? And I love what Jesus says to him. He says, James, I could heal you, but you would be like the hundreds and thousands of others that have been healed. But the true miracle is when you can praise God in spite of your suffering. When you can praise God in spite of your suffering, that is the true miracle. The true miracle is when you can show people patience in suffering here on earth because you know that in heaven there will be no suffering. That's what we need to learn. To praise God even in our suffering. To praise God even in our darkness. To praise God after your miscarriage. To praise God when your spouse cheats on you. To praise God when your business fails. To praise God when you are failing every single exam and not getting into the school you want. To praise Him. To praise Him always. That's what the Lord wants. Now, in our suffering and in our lives sometimes, we're doing great, right? Sometimes everything is going awesome. And we need to learn, and what Lent teaches us is to suffer with Jesus. If you have a cross, give that to Jesus this Lent and carry it with him to Golgotha so that we can rise with him on the resurrection day on Easter. St. Paul says that. He says, we suffer with him so that we can be glorified with him. He says, our present sufferings do not compare to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. That means your present sufferings don't even compare. Your struggles don't even compare to what God has planned for you. All the grace and all the joy and all the amazing things God has for you does not compare with what you're struggling with, what you're going through. We need to believe that. Sometimes we need to inflict suffering on ourselves. And that's what fasting is for. We fast so that we can suffer with Jesus. You know, there's so many people during Lent who say, you know, Father, I don't, um, I don't fast from things. I don't give things up during Lent. You know, I just add good things. You know, I do good. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with these people, okay? We can't live like that. If we're not giving things up, if we're not fasting, what we are doing is becoming like the world, and the world is soft. The world wants us to be soft. Oh, why are you fasting for meat? You do Lent, you believe in that? The world wants us to be soft, but there's nothing soft about the cross. There was nothing easy about the cross, and Lent is a reminder that our lives are not meant to be easy. That our lives are not meant to just be awesome and great and peaceful. No. Jesus is with us in that storm. Jesus is with us in that suffering, in that darkness. So we're kind of in this middle part of Lent. And sometimes in this time of Lent, we can really ease up on some of our things. Or we start to fall with some of the promises we made to God. And we need to refocus our minds and our hearts on the Lord refocus ourselves on him as we enter this is going to be the middle week of lent that if we are not fasting from something if we are not giving something up it's not just something cute to do but it's something to connect us to the cross of jesus because when i carry his cross this lent that's the only way i can rejoice on easter 
That's the only way I can have true joy in him. My brothers and sisters, God is with us and he's present with us and he wants to be with us. We just have to let him in. That's the point of Mass. We come to Mass every single week because we need to allow Jesus in. We need to allow him into our hearts, into our souls, into the very places that we are angry about, into the very places we need him to enter. And so I just want to lead us in a very short meditation, if we can just close our eyes right now. And I want you to imagine right now the very thing that you might be suffering with, the very thing you might be struggling with in your life, the thing that might irk you the most or bother you the most. I want you to imagine that. Now invite Jesus in your heart. Tell the Lord, Jesus, come in. Jesus, be with me. Invite the Lord into that suffering. Watch him as he comes before you. The Lord wants to embrace you. He wants to hold you in that suffering and in that struggle. And so just allow him to hold you. Hear the Lord say to you, I am with you. I love you. I will never leave you. I am with you, I love you, I will never leave you. Let's just take a minute and sit with the Lord now and allow him to embrace us and to speak to us.